here's a story from The World. A year ago, on the eve of the invasion of Ukraine, Vladimir Putin had amassed tens of thousands of Russian troops near the borders. Inside Ukraine, the situation was understandably tense. Many people were concerned that something was going to happen. What exactly, though, was not clear. The world's Daniel Offman was in Ukraine a year ago, and he's back again, joining me from Kiev. Take us back to the days just ahead of the Russian invasion, Daniel. What was the atmosphere there like, and what were people telling you? Well, before the war, people here in Ukraine had some mixed feelings. On one hand, it was hard for people to believe that there would be a full-scale invasion by Russia into Ukraine. On the other hand, people were taking first aid classes, self-defense courses, preparing go bags, and evacuation plans in case they needed to flee. So I think people understood that they needed to prepare, but they couldn't imagine the scale of what would happen next. You've stayed in touch with some of the people whom you met uh, a year ago there, including one Ukrainian soldier you met in Kyiv. Tell us about him and what he's up to now. Yeah, I've been in touch with Leonid Astaltsev. He began his service in Ukraine's military in 2014 when Russia initially invaded Ukraine. But after that, he continued supporting Ukraine's military and military veterans. He opened a pizzeria in Kiev called Veterano Pizza. I just spoke with Astaltsev last week, but I also spoke with him about a year ago. And I asked him what might happen if Russia were to invade. We'll have a phone call. And we will have uh, instructions what we need to do and in what time. I think in one day we will be there even less than one day. Have there already been like, I don't know, like warning messages or information no. that's come out recently? No, no, no. And it will not be the warning messages. It will be one message. Go. And okay, we will go. Now Astaltsev is serving in Ukraine's patrol police, which works closely with Ukraine's military. I met up again with Astaltsev in the southern Ukrainian city of Mykolaiv. I asked him to take me back to February 24th of last year. First rockets start in four and a half in the morning. My friend, the chief of patrol police of Kyiv, he called me and he said, can you came to us? We will fight for the Kiev and uh, we need you. The army gave us time to create a few waves of defending forces. And we were thinking that it will be a battle for Kiev. But our Ukrainian armed forces, they do their job so good that no one were in Kiev. So Leonid, after Kiev, you went to the east of the Donbass. What was your team's role there? On Donbass, we were taking missions about the evacuation because they were waiting until Russians almost came into their villages, cities, and after that they call and say, we need evacuation. And we have to take these idiots and deliver them in a safe places. We're going into a city in which there is a battle between Ukrainian army regular and mother But it was not difficult. It's okay. But still, during these missions, as you said, you're going in the middle of a battle and you're encountering fire. It's a work. Uh, we are having simple work. Every infantryman, which are now on the front line, it's like, pff, it's not a work, you know. You've seen a fair amount. You've been to the front lines. What is the number one need right now of the Ukrainian military? Mm, I think nuclear weapon. <laughs> You know, we need for today the heavy military things. We need tanks, we need big guns, we need artillery. 
because you can be anyone, but 120 millimeters don't give a about who you are. It will kill you. What's your assessment of what you've seen from Russia's military? They are <sighs> becoming smarter, more accurate in what they do and how they do. Four months ago, here in this place on the south, we trying to find the enemy positions, and it was like tanks, BMP, people. It's like, you know, you have so many opportunities to kill this mother So now we don't see anyone because they were hiding. They were want to leave. This is not good, you know, for us. It's been already a year almost since the full-scale invasion. What has this year been like for you? And what are your hopes for the next year? You know, I don't have any hopes. It's a war and it can be anything. So the most important things for me is the safety of my family, my ex-wife and my son. We have very good uh, relationships between each other. We are friends. And for me, it's very important to understand that they are safe. On a first day invasion, I called Ira, it's my ex-wife, in 4.15 and I say, go. And she have a car, she, she grabs sun, she grabs some stuff, she grabs garbage, yeah, and just go to the Poland, Germany, Netherlands, and after that they went to the England. The garbage she put out of a car, I think, in Germany. <laughs> yeah. But it's important because I understand that they are safe. One of the last times we spoke, you told me that between 2014 and 2015, seven people in your unit died, unfortunately. Do you know people either from your unit or other friends who have died as a result of, of the war? Of course. My friend with which were opening first pizzeria. He was like a big brother for me in a business of pizzeria because he taught me how to do pizza. Rafael Agaev. He was killed in Mariupol, he was in the Marines. Very cool guy, which were friend of mine, Alexei Chubashev. He were doing a best program military about the recruiting on a special forces. Two more guys, it's Vanya, he had a pizzeria in Abalon, a veteran pizza. He was killed in action in Severodonetsk. We have Alexei from Nikolaev. Here was veteran point, a cafe. And he and his wife were the owners, and he were killed in action second months of the war. Another people which I were knew them, but they, yeah, but they died. How do you how do you cope? How do you process so much loss? You need to work. Yeah, for me, it's the most important thing today. It's a kill mother. If I can't kill them now, and if we can't kill them now, we need to educate ourselves how we can do this more effective. I want to ask you about friendship. Mm -hmm. You've become close friends with some people. It's a difficult time, but how have you developed these kind of friendships from the war, and what do they mean to you at this time? The people which are fighting with me, it's not a friend. It's a brothers in arms, very good war because it's not a friend, it's not a family, it's something else, it's something more strong because we're living together, we're fighting together, we are losing together, we're winning together. 
when you understand that you can die, when you understand that people from the left and from the right, they will help you if someone wants to kill you, it's like another level. Leonid Ostaltsev there. He serves in Ukraine's patrol police. He was speaking with the world's Daniel Offman in the southern Ukrainian city of Mykolaiv.